Welcome on into your Wednesday Locked on Syracuse podcast. Tyler Aki and Tim Leonard. We're with you every single day here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Check out the show on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. Tim, you put out another Twitter game Tuesday for us. Quarantine houses. I love it. I love it. And it's kind of a tough one. Yeah, it was. Go check that out on our Twitter account at LO underscore Syracuse. We'll probably talk about it later in the week, but I've got some takes on it, and it was kind of fun to do. So we'll, you know, if you get in your replies now before we talk about it later in the week. All right. So, yeah, check that out on our account at LO underscore Syracuse. Be sure to check out the show wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, or Stitcher, or just tell your smart speaker to play the Locked on Syracuse podcast. Download, subscribe, and rate. All right, today, Tim, we've got plenty of basketball to get to on the show. We've got some guys making some gains in the weight room, it looks like, or it might not be the weight room. It might not be the weight room, actually. It might be just (laughs) excessive eating, but we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Yep, or maybe more, but... We do have to get to some recruiting stuff, not 2021, not 2022, but 2023. And this is, I mean, we have talked a little 2023 on the show already, but Gigi Jackson is the latest name that you need to know. Gregory Jackson goes by Gigi. And this is a guy who's starting to pop up on some boards. Now, a lot of the 2023 rankings aren't out yet. Again, we we like to say this all the time. Think about how long it's taken to get from March to to August of 2020, all right? So 2023, we're talking about way down the road here, a sophomore to be in terms of prospects, but this is a guy who's now on Syracuse's radar, and they've extended an offer and are already doing some of the legwork here for 2023. And I love that we're already talking about 2023. I mean, this is, and I think Syracuse has always been one of those teams that, and honestly, this is true for the football program, too, where you see a lot of Twitter posts of guys saying, just got my first offer from Syracuse. And I think that means more than just any other offer. And when you talk to these kids that ultimately pick Syracuse, a lot of that stuff on the football and basketball side is they believed in me before anyone else, and they didn't have to see the ratings rise. They were always there for me. We've had a relationship forever. They've been loyal. We've gotten to know each other over this time. So I love that they're kind of continuing this trend and maybe even going even more in on this trend of offering early and making sure they are getting their hat in the 2023 ring early. That's what they did in 2022. We saw the early commitment from Dior in that class. A lot of those guys that we've talked about on this show, Chance Westry, Zion Cruz, I mean, JJ Donovan Starling. Klingon, I think, is the big one yeah. in that regard, too. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Starling's the easy one. I'm not going to give you credit for looking for birds in your backyard, but I'm going to give you credit for Donovan Klingon because you go out, you find a guy. Bayheim has touted him as highly as he could step in and start this year, and this is a class of 2022 guy. But, yeah, you're right. They, they have gotten out ahead of it in a lot of regards, especially lately. Yeah, and, you know, we saw Bryson Goodine was a pretty early commitment in his cycle. That's right. And they offered Quincy pretty early. I'm, I'm not saying they haven't always done this, but I do feel like maybe it's more now that Autry is kind of one of the main guys there. Who knows what it is? Perhaps Bayheim said recruiting's been lacking a little bit. Let's, let's go on these guys a little bit earlier. We got to put in more legwork on the recruiting. 
And, you know, he has been honest about, I got to do a better job of recruiting those big men. Well, you're going after a big man here in G.G. Jackson, 6'9", and you're going down to South Carolina to find him, like you're saying. It's not like you just had him in your backyard and it was an easy one to find. So I appreciate that they are making that an emphasis and making sure that they're getting on these kids' radar early because someone like G.G. Jackson, not a ton of tape out there on him, not a ton of ratings out there on him right now. He looks pretty darn good, though. He looks like a big man that I think they've been kind of missing out on for the better part of the last five, six years. So if you can get on him earlier than maybe some of these other schools that you'll be in competition with down the road, that could really pay dividends. My thing with Jackson is, again, so much is unknown with him, but right now, you know that he's six foot nine, two ten. And this is a guy coming off of his freshman season of high school. So if he's six nine, two ten right now, this is a guy who could be a real big body for you. Like it wouldn't shock me if this guy ends up being seven foot. In fact, I would say he's more likely to be seven foot than yeah. than not seven foot. So that's something to look out for with him. And I would probably project him as a center because you look at his body right now, and right now you see a guy who has power forward size. I mean, he literally has almost the exact dimensions of Marek Dolajai. He's, I guess, an inch shorter, and, and he's got 10 more pounds on him. So when I see that, I think, okay, the difference, though, is, of course, the age. And with that in mind, this is a guy who can probably grow a little bit, will get used to that body, but he brings so much to the table in terms of his skill set that this is a guy who can make a major difference for you. Yeah, he looks sturdier than Dolezal. I know we'll get to Dolezal's weight gain here in a little bit, which is promising, but... Yeah, I mean, this is a kid who I would say it's hard to really evaluate because, again, there's just very limited tape, being that he's a 2023 guy. But you can tell he moves fairly well, and he's fairly skilled for his size. More skilled than I think some of these other guys that Syracuse has been after at the center position, or maybe not been after, but some of these other guys that they've gotten commitments and signees from. And you'd like to see someone come in and be able to contribute, maybe not as a freshman, but at least like as a sophomore, and really see strides without having to redshirt or anything like that. I think Jackson, while he is early, and there's not a ton out there, I think he has that potential, because it just looks a little bit more fluid when he's dribbling. He kind of has really just one move that he's showcasing in the highlights that I watched, at least, and it's it's kind of like a hard right-handed dribble, drive by the guy. doesn't look like he's going against tons of talent on the other side here, so maybe it's easy to get a little too excited at what you're seeing, but there's some good footwork there. There's some Euro steps, some nice moves down low, and it looks pretty fluid. And again, like you said, he looks, he, he looks bigger than 6'9 right now, and I think that's because of the kids he's going against and that'll probably hold true because he's only going to gain more weight and more size and more height as he goes along this kid's literally going to be a sophomore so it's crazy that we're talking about him but like i said it's good that syracuse is after him this early we'll get back to some more gg jackson thoughts in just a bit but first i gotta tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com you know this is that time of year you're using your car a lot because hey no one really wants to get into an airplane these days so you're taking some road trips maybe, you're driving the kids to practice or whatever, 
And that means you're putting a lot of wear and tear on your car and you may need to also maintain your car with everything that's going on right now with that excessive car use. And the best way to do it is by going to rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is the easiest way to get your car repaired. And it's a family owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Be sure to go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything, engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. RockAuto.com gives you a super easy catalog to navigate and guess what? You see all the parts available for your vehicle and you can choose the brand, specifications, and all that good stuff. Best of all, the prices at RockAuto.com are always going to be low and they're the same for professionals as well as do-it-yourselfers. Be sure to go to RockAuto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Again, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com the scouting report on him and this is coming from a 24 7 article that i read about gg jackson and first of all so a lot of what this is all based off of is this performance at the Super 6 Showcase. Try saying that three times fast. The Super <laughs> yeah. 6 Showcase is where he really started to to play well, get on some radars. Again, there's no 2023 rankings out yet per se, but this is someone who probably projects as a four-star when it's all him, said though. and done. Yeah, yeah, I mean he'll 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 be on the, any of the any of these uh top 100 lists because he's got just so much to his game. I mean, you mentioned a little bit earlier the the skill set he possesses, whether it's getting and putting the ball on the floor, getting to the basket, but he can also step back and shoot a little bit as well. And to me, that high motor and the the defensive prowess is what's really going to make him stand out with a program like Syracuse. Yeah, it kind of looks like Frank Anselm, honestly, when I watch the tape a little bit. The shot blocking ability, rim running ability, I think Frank Anselm's shot might be a little bit behind Jackson, but that's kind of tough to say because I really only saw Jackson make one jumper in the highlight segments that I watched, and it looked pretty good off his fingertips and kind of rattled in. And, you know, I I don't know if that's just because he hasn't really been playing in front of cameras that much. I mean, it doesn't look like he's in some hotbed in terms of South Carolina, but again... This kid's going to be a sophomore. So, you know, you usually see these kids, like all these 2022 guys now have been kind of making the leap on going to a prep school, the Laloos, and for Dior, it was Oak Hill that he made the change Montverde, this year. Yeah, yeah Zion Cruz, Oak Hill, and um, Brewster Academy even, we've seen, obviously, be a tie to Syracuse. So I think it's pretty common that, you know, it's not like this – kid Jackson should be at that stage yet he's only going to be a sophomore and we really can't say that enough I mean it's still early but I I would be really curious if you asked coach Autry coach Bayheim, even coach Griffin GMAC just the whole staff if you could give them something that would make them tell the truth would they a truth serum in the veins yeah, a little yeah. Truth serum. yeah would they just be like yeah, we we made it a point in the last three cycles to go after these guys earlier. Because look at Aiden Holloway, who was kind of in the news this week, a point guard in the 2023 class. And that was just because one of our guys, Q's 
country on Twitter kind of hinted at that he hasn't really been talked about that much, but Syracuse has been on that kid for over a year. I mean, he was a 2019 summer offeree, and this is a 2023 prospect. Like, it was early for Goodine to commit in 2017. I think it was September 2017 for 2019. Now, I'm not saying these kids are on the verge of committing, obviously, but that just shows you, like, they're four years ahead of this on Holloway, at least three years on Jackson. And this is their first off. Yeah. I so, mean, Dior February of 2020 too. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, I think this has been a change in mindset for them. And again, I'm all for it because I, I know some people might be listening to this podcast recently and maybe just have been catching up in the past three, four weeks. And they think, Oh, these guys are, just kind of homers about recruiting and maybe pumping up this 2022 class too much. I was, I was very down on recruiting three, four years ago, even two years ago, like after Hopkins left, the stats just are really indefensible. The recruiting has gone down. It was not up to Syracuse standards, but I do like the direction it's heading now after getting Dior, getting Benny Williams, and seeing all these other prospects that they're after early in 2022 and 2023. Well, the thing, too, is this is just how elite programs are functioning these days as well. I mean, you look at the Dukes, you look at the Kentuckys, you look at some of these other big-name schools— they get out ahead of it. I mean, you'll see guys that are already locked up for Kentucky, let's say in the for the class of 2020. I mean, there's some of these guys are signed in 2018. That's why Kentucky gets that top ranking early and they stay there. You see it with Duke. And now we very well could be seeing that with Syracuse. Maybe is this going to be the shift in the program that we've seen so many of these other schools make? I mean, we saw Kentucky go to the one and done model. We've seen Duke go to the one and done model. Could Beheim be next? And and that's the other question to ask, too, is is this even going to be a guy who's going to play for Beheim as well? Because 2023 yeah. is what what's so three years from now, Beheim's going to be what, 78? Is he still going to be coaching basketball? That's a fair question to ask. Yeah. I, I know mean, he wants to. I mean, if you ask him, he will be, but right. it's very it's a very valid question to ask if he's going to be coaching at that age. And maybe that contributes to Autry hitting the trail early because then these kids get to know Syracuse with the Hall of Fame coach tied to it. They don't want to, I mean, who knows? Maybe I'm overthinking this because obviously if a kid commits and then the coach leaves, they're they're going to reevaluate anyway, but perhaps they're thinking, let's uh let's talk to these 2023 kids now versus talking to them right after maybe midway through 2022 when Beheim announces he's retiring. Or if Autry is down. your your lead recruiter, too, what if he is the next coach? Yeah. Then you've been recruited by the next head coach this entire time. And, and just having that familiarity of, hey, you might actually be playing for me and not Jim Beheim. That's another whole question to ask as a part of this. Another totally. thing I want to bring up, too, is the fact that, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, but the center position is one that Syracuse needs to start getting right. Because yeah, you can't and it's it. it's not for a lack of trying. It's just for a lack of results lately, because we've seen them go after some of these super talented bigs, guys that have been one and dones, whether it's a guy like Isaiah Stewart or they've made leaps after someone like Kofi Coburn, who went to Illinois, or sometimes the projects don't pan out like a Torian Thompson or a Pascal Chukwu or a Daywan Coleman. The results just have not been there. And 
Now you're looking at a, a program that's kind of targeting that big man hard. I mean, you think about Donovan Klingon as one of those guys, and you could be looking at, especially with the athleticism of a guy like Gigi Jackson. Now I'm not saying he's a shoe in to come. I feel a lot better about Donovan Klingon coming to Syracuse than I do yeah. with Gigi Jackson right now. It's more because I don't have the same intel know. on a guy like Jackson. But if, let's say, in, in a world where both of these guys come to Syracuse, just the athleticism of Jackson, I think he could play that wing, even if he does get to seven foot. And imagine that as if he can stretch the floor too, you could be looking at a team that just does so many different things. And I mean, we talk year in, year out about the height of Syracuse. This could be an absolutely menacing team that the Orange would be putting together. Yeah, I, I really think if you whiff on developing Frank Anselm, John Bolajak, Jesse Edwards, the current crop of centers, if you don't get a very solid return on at least one of those guys, you have to reevaluate the coaching staff as it's constructed right now and have to reevaluate whether you need to get someone in there who was a former big man helping those guys develop. Because I like most of these guys they're recruiting. I didn't dislike Sidibe when he came in, and part of it has been injuries, like it was with Coleman. But, I mean, Syracuse is never going to get a hyper-developed big man. I mean, maybe not never, but it's going to be hard for them to do that because if you're hyper-developed as a 6'10 or above kid in high school, you're just a bona fide five-star. You're an Isaiah Stort-type talent that is looking at the NBA and making that leap after one year. And Syracuse isn't really that caliber of school right now. So in the past, I mean, they were getting good returns on big men, on guys like Rakeem Christmas or, you know, guys before that on Owaku. I don't know. You go on down the list. Those guys were good recruits. Sure, better recruits than what they're getting. But I don't know if it should be that big of a change in how the development has panned out. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk some Quarren 10s, some Quarren 20s, some Syracuse players putting on some weight this offseason. That's on the other side. So before we get into some weight gains, let's talk about a little bit about someone who cut some weight. We've got Skinny Mellow out on the floor as we're recording this right now, and he just hit a big, big three yeah, for Portland. It's funny because dagger. I've got some friends in a group chat I'm in right now, and someone just started chirping Carmelo like right before he went on a little bit of a run here, and now he's eating his words right now. So yeah, you you just oh, can't you, Carmelo. You just can't you can't doubt him. All right, it's, it's just the way it works with him. He he's Pretty just wild. the ageless wonder. Yeah, he ages like the fine wine that he loves to drink. So I know. now he's about yep. to go to the free throw line and, and put this game on ice for Portland. What a win for them! All yeah. right, let's get into some people gaining some weight. And right now, I'm ready, ready for the list of four guys who have put on notable weight gains since returning from quarantine. You ready for it? Yep. So we've got Barama Sadibe with an Andy Jackson, 20 pounds on him. Marek Dolajai, 16 pounds. Joe Girard, 15 pounds. And Buddy Beheim, 10 pounds. Man. Are you making anything of any of those numbers that I've just told you? Oh, yeah. I mean, Dolajai gaining 16 pounds is like 35. I mean, that is. It's a, like Virginia with a, a lead. Like a, a 10 point lead for Virginia feels like a 25 point lead. Yeah, 16 yeah. pounds for Dolajai feels like right. 35 pounds. Unless they're going against Syracuse in the Elite Eight, of course, or right. the year after that in the Dome. But yes, uh, I mean, 
I'll be honest. I remember talking to Dolzhai in the locker room after one of the games and just asking him about gaining weight, sort of. And you know, he's a he's a funny kid, and like he'll just sort of tell it like it is sometimes. And I remember at one point he just straight up told me like. Yeah, I mean, they wrote that I gained weight and, like, put it in the guide, but, like, I didn't really gain weight. Like, I, I've, I've been trying like crazy. He admitted that, like, he is he's honest and he's really, really been trying, but he hasn't actually... He, he was just like, yeah, it's really hard for me to gain weight. And you can tell by by just... I mean, some people are like that. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like that, and I, I can level with him in that regard, so... 16 pounds that is a strong uptick from the same guy who basically told me at one point like yeah they kind of fudged my numbers because I tried really hard but I gained like five pounds and I do think it it is because he's not running up and down the court as much but that 16 pounds I mean that could be big for you know taking a leap in your senior season that's great to see and to me, when I when I hear that, and it's I think you're correct in that he's even admitted as much that the the fact that he's not doing a lot of running isn't doing a lot, but he is lifting every single day, even though he's been away from campus this entire time. Here's the big quote, and Mike Waters wrote an article and did an interview with him on Zoom, and here's the quote that that stands out to me is that when we play pickup, I feel much stronger, and it's going to help me a lot. He said. And his teammates have noticed, too, I don't push them, but they don't push me around, too. And that's one of the things. Remember all the times we saw Marek and just get bullied, whether it's by Garrison Brooks of UNC or, yeah. I mean, Zion Williamson. Yeah, that's All Zion these different charge. bigs, <laughs> right. All these different bigs that just could throw his body around. But if I'm not saying Marek's got to be a bruiser because I don't think that would be good for his game necessarily. But he just has to not be bruised on the other end of it. And I think if he's putting on the weight and is can hold his own in those scenarios, then he's going to be a much more formidable player on the rebounding side of things. And you're just going to feel a little more confident maybe throwing him out there at the five if you have to. Yeah, I, and Barama gaining 20 pounds should not be overlooked either. I think that's also great, great news because that's what we've been clamoring for really for the past two, three years. And that's what Bayheim is has been saying. Like they've just got to put on more weight. We we can't rebound against these teams when we've got 180 and 200 pounds down low. Well, at least now Quincy Garrier isn't the strongest guy on the team or weighs the most of any guy on the team because that that's the sad reality of what it was last year. Even though you had a seven footer in Edwards, you had Sadibe, you had some length, but you did not have any weight. Well. I mean, maybe that's the best thing to come from this quarantine is Sidibe and Dolzhai finally being able to see some gains in that department because that's long overdue. I'm looking too. Um, Dolzhai also admitted in this article that he he broke one of our cardinal rules, Tim. He says he What's ate that? a lot of breakfast. Oh, yeah. We're not breakfast guys. We're anti-breakfasters. Yeah. No. <laughs> but hey, what, if, if it's going to help you win some ball games, go ahead, break all our rules. We don't care. If it helps yeah. you win, anything at all costs. So of all those numbers that I read you to, any of them that you're like, I don't know if he needed the weight? Not really. I think Gerard will be underlooked because it was kind of expected, right? I mean, he just kind of has that body type. that, and he He's got the football, football player, player build to yeah. him. Yeah. 
So, but he did say a lot to us last year after games, like, I want to work on gaining weight and being able to hang down low more. And that's something that I've realized I could get better at. And he was working on using his body with GMAC. He said that time and time again. That yeah, put a little Chauncey were, Billups in his game. Yeah, like getting stronger with the ball. And I'm all for that. So maybe that's something that you look at it and you're like, oh, Gerard, 15 pounds, Beheim 10 pounds is kind of the same way. But those count too, and that's that's great news as well. I mean, anytime a player's gaining weight and it's not like Jared Sullinger type of body <laughs> frame or something like right. that, I think it's good news. How many pounds have you put on during quarantine? Uh, I think like five, six pounds, which is if, he- healthy weight same... or not healthy weight. Oh, it's not healthy. Absolutely not. <laughs> but <laughs> I'll be the first to admit that. But it's in the same vein as Dolja. I mean, that's like me putting on that's like someone else putting on 15 pounds normally that's pretty okay. staggering for me yeah i think i'm at about like five to seven up i don't, I don't know i, I have to i gotta definitely not no no no, no. Okay. i'm i'm right. making dunkin donuts <laughs> runs like every morning i'm i'm going through nice. italian beef drive throughs it's it's not good weight man yeah. all right that's gonna do it for today's episode of the podcast for tim i'm tyler tomorrow on the show we're gonna talk some football because we've got training camp thursday around the corner we're gonna get into some wide receiver stuff and a lot more from football training camp because guess what tim practice starts tomorrow the first official Syracuse football practice will get underway. So we will get into all of that, some positional battles, and even more. So be sure to subscribe, download, rate. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you on Thursday. Thursday.